Hi, and welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy, and today we're going to be talking about a fun new topic I'm researching, codependency. Enjoy. All right, welcome back to Optimistically Salty. I hope you had an amazing holiday weekend break. I had kids at home all week, and they managed to get sick over the weekend, so they're still home. (laughs) As a mom... There's that Monday catch-up that usually happens, and it's been a little bit tricky with the weeks of no school and sickness and everything else that's going on. But this is the time of year that it's very easy to lose track of your own priorities because of holidays and events and sickness. So all that being said, today I am here to talk about codependency. I have an amazing Hoopla account. If you are into listening to audiobooks while you're on the go, Hoopla is awesome. I signed up through my library, so I get 10 free audiobooks a month. So on top of my reading for my Dave Ramsey book club and my forever growing pile of library books, I also have audiobooks for while I'm driving or doing chores. And this particular book is called You're Not Crazy, You're Codependent. And I'm about halfway through the book right now, and um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on the past and the family. It is a work-along book, so I'm listening to it and I'm journaling along as I'm listening to it more often than not, which is not typical for me with an audiobook. Usually, especially a book that will tell me, make sure you do the homework, I usually just kind of listen and never really actually do the homework. But... I'm finding myself kind of on the edge of a breakthrough of some kind, which has compelled me to actually do the work, which is bananas because a year ago I would not be this person. What can happen in a year, right? So one of the big things that I'm learning about codependency is about boundaries. And if you have been listening to my podcast for a while, you realize probably that boundaries was a huge mind-blowing moment for me. Learning about what they are and what they aren't and learning how to have them is something I'm still working on. But I am listening to this book with a new understanding for boundaries because I look back at my childhood and my relationship with my parents and there's been a lot of reflecting back on explain who your father is as a person, explain who your mother is as a person. And I also am listening to it and thinking about my grandparents and particularly my grandfathers on both sides. Um, There's a very distinct narcissistic personality disorder thing happening on one side Um, probably with other things, but it's just something that wasn't addressed in that time, probably. And the other side, addiction to alcohol. And the thing is, when you have parents with addictions and personality disorders and um, you're, or if they have like toxic relationship stuff going on, they do not teach you how to have boundaries because they raise you controlling you. And then, you know, those children will then go into their life not knowing how to have healthy boundaries and not knowing how to teach their children how to have healthy boundaries. And so it goes on and on. So 
kind of reflecting back on my family's just history and then looking at where I'm sitting today and thinking about how I want to make changes in my life has become pretty intense. So in the first part of this book, there's a section where she discusses becoming an overcomer, somebody who has overcome codependency and is living their life. And I think the big thing to acknowledge, first of all, is she refers to um, the man who is shown in Beautiful Mind and how he is a schizophrenic and how even once he has gone through all these therapies and he is better, that he is still spending every day kind of dealing with the reality of what his life is. And or an addict, an addict who lives sometimes minute to minute and hour to hour and day to day, that you are you have been woven together in a specific way and you are probably forever going to have some ties to that. But that being said, she talks about the steps to becoming an overcomer. And the first step is, um, to, is that isolation period where you are so deep into it that you don't even know that there's a different life. You don't know what you don't know that it just is normal to live that kind of life. And so you will seek that in every relationship. And for me, I tend to be a codependent caregiver person. So I tend to go into relationships that I can be somebody to try to control the situation or caretake or handle the situation for somebody else. And then step two becomes the, um, we become aware that not everybody lives life like this, that we don't know what to do to change things. And we become ashamed of our lives that we crave the quote unquote normal life, but we just don't know what to do to change things to get there. Step three becomes when you're seeking help. This one's probably going to sound familiar to my regular listeners. So seeking help is reading your books, going to therapy, gaining knowledge. You're still trapped, but you have an understanding that things are available to you. You've not undergone like a real transformation. And a lot of people quit here and get stuck here because this is where you're required to change as a person where you're required to change your behavior and your thoughts, where you have to start to recognize your feelings and tie them together with other things. One of my biggest challenges personally I found in the past year has been learning to express the feelings I'm actually feeling. So a big part of my past has been numbing. And as I've discussed before from Brene Brown, when you numb out the bad, you also numb out the good. So for me, if I was crying or upset, it was numb it. If I was angry, you weren't allowed to show that you were angry. You had to numb it and just dead face the situation. The flip side of that is that when I feel joy, I still numb. And... 
I don't have the kind of this, when boundaries are missing, when you have a feeling, your behavior does not match the feeling. So for me, if I do have a behavior, if I'm mad and I act mad, I immediately feel shame and regret. If I am joyful, I immediately feel vulnerable and regret it. To be numb and stoic and not showing emotion feels like I'm in control of something in my life. And as twisted as that is, that's just how it is for me. And I think one of the other parts of that for me is I have a little bit of trouble with attachment. And I think... If I start to feel like a relationship in bloom, I immediately will put a boundary up to protect myself from attachment because to feel abandoned is just too painful. I've recently been also listening back to Glennon Doyle and I know she has a new married name and I apologize profusely for not remembering it, but in her book, Love Warrior, she talks a lot about being able to recognize that hurt is okay. And I think I have been trying so hard to avoid hurt and learning those lessons and putting everything together that it's just become a really numb, unattached life. And moving into the fourth step, which is that head-spirit connection, which is when you've overcome and you're ready for the life that you really want that you're ready to evolve and that you want to become an authentic human and choose to move into this new life, like you can still have those really heavy moments, but that's the step four. And that's really what we're trying to get to, where your feelings and your behaviors match, where you do not necessarily rush headlong straight into shame every time you have a feeling. And... This idea that this new life is kind of looming and starting to peek into my reality is very scary. It's enough to kick me right back to step three really quickly (laughs) because it's a little bit more comfortable in step three. And at the same time, these little pieces, these little miracles, these little bits that are starting to happen are slowly changing my life and changing who I am. I have people in my life who are welcoming me into a new phase. And it's really easy for me to put my hands up and be like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I don't attach to people. That's not an option for me. I'm not attached to other people. I'm sorry. I have to protect myself And I'm not allowed to feel feelings or share because that would be shameful. And then I realized that all these big ideas and big things that I want to do with my life are waiting on the other side of that. I don't really know what's going to happen. I guess none of us really does. But my spirit, my soul, 
has been healing and that mind-body connection is getting stronger and stronger. At some point, something big is going to happen. All these little teeny tiny miracles are going to build up to something bigger. But I have to let go of the fear of clinging to the known and be open to embracing the unknown. I have to put my trust in God and let the life I'm supposed to lead happen. All right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up today's podcast there. I hope that you found some amazing insight and information from today. As I said, this book has kind of been blowing my mind, but I do tend to read a lot of books that blow my mind, if I'm honest. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Let's keep it short and sweet. And I will continue on with codependency in about two weeks when I have finished the book and have had time to do some research and reflection. Thank you again for coming to listen. I am so excited to announce that I've had over 1,400 plays on the podcast and it just, I'm so grateful and hopeful that you are out there living your biggest life. I hope that my insight helps you to have compassion for yourself first and compassion for others as well. And I hope that it intrigues you to learn more about yourself and to really come to appreciate all that you have accomplished in your life. Thank you guys. And I will talk to you next week. If you'd like to follow me on social media, my name is Trace M. Thompson on Instagram. Feel free to message me and follow there.